We, as we together are, are renewing our church. Well, we're not renewing a church. We're, God is renewing our church. But as we work together to see what God has next for us, I think this is a powerful reminder of what's really important. So listen to the word of God. If then there is any comfort in Christ, any consolation from love, any partnership in the spirit, any tender affection and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. May God bless the hearing and reading of his holy word. Let us pray. Lord, in the midst of the many words that are both within and without us, may you, the unchanging word, speak to us through your written word proclaimed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you read the newsletter this week or not, but I talked about an, uh, an old little English film called The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill but came down a mountain. I think it's a 1995 movie, so it's, it's out there. A very young Hugh Grant plays in, in the movie. But it's based on a story that's, you know, it's supposedly true or almost true, right? <laughs> it's about this Welch village. And during World War I, it's 1917, two English cartographers come through to measure the mountains. A very English thing to do, right? And, um, and it turns out that their mountain, and again, I'm going to attempt to do the Welsh pronunciation, uh, Flynyan Garn, that their mountain was actually a hill. Instead of being 1,000 feet, it was 980 feet. And so the movie is about the village coming together to make up that 20 feet. And the two of the main characters is uh, a character, Morgan the Goad. He, uh, Morgan the Goat, he, Goad, he is the innkeeper, the bar tea, tea keeper, if you would, uh, who does go to church. And he's a, always at cross purposes with uh, Father or Reverend Jones. Uh, the preacher of the town. And it's, there's a lot of funny side stories. You would recognize both actors if you watched the movie, right? And so they're going back and forth, but they finally come together to try to accomplish this. And you need to understand that the war has shattered this little village. Not only are there the deprivations that go from wartime, but some of their sons and husbands have never come back. And those who have come back are severely damaged. And so they begin this, this day and night carrying dirt up the hill 
to make the hill into a mountain. And the day before the map makers are leaving, Reverend Jones has a heart attack. And as he's dying, he, he motions for, of all people, Morgan the Goad. And he whispers in his ear. And Reverend Jones's last request was to be buried on top of the hill to help get it towards being a mountain. And they're up all night, and at the end, it actually becomes a mountain. One mind, one heart. Paul says in this wonderful rhetorical flourish, he goes through all the beautiful things that we receive as Christians. What are all the benefits that we have from having faith, right? You could list many of them. He talks about comfort, consolation, tender affections, the gift of the Spirit, sympathy. He's saying if you get anything from being a follower of God, then make my joy complete by having one mind and one heart, to do nothing from selfish ambition, in humility to regard others better than yourselves. You know, we like the giving part. <laughs> we like what faith gives us. But this is pretty hard stuff, right, to talk about this. One mind, one love. Now, that can sound like a cult, right? Or the blind following of a beloved leader. That's not really unity. That's not what the Bible means when it talks about unity. That's conformity. That's uniformity. And that kind of mind control or behavior control is really born out of fear and lies, right? What makes people blindly follow someone else? What makes people follow a mythology that's harm, ultimately harmful for them? Well, it's either fear of what's going on in the world, fear that they're going to disappoint somebody, or they believe the lies that they're being sold. I, I one time heard someone, I'm not a sheep, I don't, I'm not a follower of religion. Yet that person drove a car that his neighbor drove, dressed the way that his neighbor dressed, and actually buy, bought products that he'd heard from in commercials. So I said, well, I'm really glad that you don't let anybody else influence you like that. Right? That, that, I love that U2 song, One. You may know that song. There's a line in that song, we're one, but we're not the same. And it really is a song about the struggle, right? Uh, matter of fact, there's stories where people came up to him and said, we, we played that song at our wedding. And he goes, that's about breaking up and destruction. I wouldn't play that at my wedding. <laughs> right? Now, we've all experienced some sort of unity at certain times in our life. Any of you ever play in a band or sing in a choir? Ever been on a sports team? Ever volunteered for a fundraising project? If you were in the military, you worked on an assembly line, or each week we try to say the Lord's Prayer together if I don't say it too fast. <laughs> right? <We're, laughs> 
I, I, I get the feedback, I hear it, I try, right? <laughs> We've all pulled together, right? For a common cause, even if it was just to try to win the tournament, right? Or win a game or get through a work day. As I watch what's going on in Israel with great sadness, um, I know that that very divided country will pull together in the short run. But we all remember the unity that this country felt after 9-11. It didn't really stay very long, did it? 20 years later, we're more divided than we've ever been in recent history. And what about the church, right? So many divisions. Denominations, independent churches, people doing their own thing. This place was barely a town and there were three different churches, right? First Baptist, us, and Zion. Now, the differences were real. I'm not minimizing those differences that were around in 1782, right? And there are differences now that, that are important ones. But a lot of what divides congregations and denominations, whether we're talking on a macro or a micro level, has nothing to do with important issues, right? Last night I was texting with a colleague, someone I don't really know very well, who was so discouraged, wondering why we do what we do and why congregations have so much trouble getting along. Well, the simple reasons why we have trouble getting along and why we can't stay together is because we don't know what's really important. Or if we know it, we forget it. The Apostle Paul is reminding us today. St. Augustine once said, meditating actually on this text, the main reason for your coming together is to be of one mind, one heart, on the way to God. In other words, this journey that we are on to God, to growing in faith and grace, this work that God has begun in you in Christ is to be completed together. You can not really be a Christian by yourself. That's something that, that's part of the reason why Western people have trouble understanding the New Testament. Because we are so individualistic, right? But the power of the gospel is that we are made into a family. In spite of our differences, even because of our differences, in the midst of our differences, we are brought together as the family of God, the people of God. I think... One mind and heart is possible, but it begins by living into and embracing the mind of Christ. It's not some sort of conformity. It's not, all right, you have to listen to what I say. That's silly. No, it's not about all coming together to try to follow a, a person. The only person we're to follow together is Jesus. But, but we actually are supposed to do that. <laughs> all right, so... Christians are actually supposed to talk and think about Christ and follow him. Okay. But humility regard others as better than yourselves. 
let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interests of others. That phrase from Paul was personified in my maternal grandmother. Her name was Hattie Shirley. Right. She was the best person I ever know. I talk about her frequently. Um, God has taken, had got taken many humiliations and deprivations and frankly, tragedies and abuses. She, was, she had a horrific childhood. And we only know half of it. And the half we know is not good. But all of that early suffering was transformed by the grace of God. Jesus was her best friend. And we all saw Jesus in her. She was a fountain of joy, of love, and service. She was always doing things for other people. With, with a song in her heart, right? So the week my grandmother died, her sister, who was a very difficult woman, started acting strange. <laughs> Aunt Peggy started running around helping people. She started saying kind things to people. She started being helpful, not demanding. And the family was worried about her, thought maybe she had a stroke or something. And um, <laughs> I'm serious. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember who it was, whether it was my mom or, or her or her, or her cousin said, are, are you okay? And this is what she said. I'm just doing what Hattie would be doing if she was here. The one mind and one love is just doing what Jesus would be doing if he were here. Beginning with each other, and then beyond. Now we're going to explore what it means more next week to have the mind of Christ. But I, I want to leave you with, with something very simple. But I, 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 think it's, I think if we can do this, it would be transformational. And I was inspired by this. This idea came to me after the blessing of the animals. Um, and we, I don't know how many dogs. I, I blessed a bunch of dogs and one picture of a cat. <laughs> okay, I'm happy there was no snakes or reptiles. It would be nice to have a goat or something, but next year, right? And uh, we, we, Rick brought his dog a blessed memory. Uh, and if, if you've not, if you didn't know Rick's dog, uh, his dog's name was Useless, which maybe is the best name ever for a dog, all right? I first, I, I got a Christmas card from Rick and Useless. And I, said, <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't really want to go too far actually who Useless was. I was afraid to ask, but then he told me, right? <laughs> anyway, so we're blessing the animals. And I say, oh, I need to go bless. And instead of, ruthless, uh, uh, instead of worthless, or useless, I said worthless. Okay. And what was power? There was a chorus, not just one person. But three or four people together said, useless, not worthless. Right? He was not worthless at all. There may be days where we all feel useless, right? But because of Christ, no one is worthless.
And to have the mind of Christ may be the next time you see someone, you encounter someone, in your mind, you hear the echo. I still hear the echo. Useless, not worthless, right? What if you heard the echo, child of God? And what about the next time someone's on television irritating you? Which it will be almost every time you watch the news, right? Instead of thinking whatever you think about that person, child of God. What if the next time you see someone not quite right in the street, or someone begging, or someone who pulls out in front of you, child of God. What if on your worst days, or when you're being haunted by things that have happened in the past, or things that are not the way they should be today, when you look in the mirror, you say, child of God. That's the mind of Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I invite you to stand together and proclaim what we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated, and I invite you to continue your worship by giving to God your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings. <laughs> 